Welcome back to the I'm Book Podcast. I'm April O'Leary, and today we have D.L. Jennings on. He is a fantasy fiction author, and he's also a 14-year active duty veteran of the United States Air Force. He served in the Air Force Special Operations Command, and he earned an associate's degree in Korean studies in 2005, and his bachelor's from Bellevue University in 2008. And guess what? He finished writing his debut novel, Gift of the Shaper, while serving overseas on his ninth combat tour. Let's hop into this episode and hear more about how he did it and inspire you to begin writing your fiction novel. Let's get started. But before we get into the episode, I want to encourage you to stop by O'LearyPublishing.com where you can take our author adventure quiz because knowing how to market a book can't happen unless you have a book. So let's get you on the path to authorship today. You can take our author adventure quiz for free at O'LearyPublishing.com and you can speak with me personally by scheduling a publishing consultation and there might be a special surprise for you at the end of the quiz. Let's jump on in. Now I'm really going to go live and I'm really going to start the recording. So welcome to the I'm Book Podcast. I'm April O'Leary and I'm super excited because today I have an amazing guest on, David D.L. Jennings, who is an amazing author. I actually met in South Beach, Miami a few weekends ago through Tabitha, who is a mutual friend of ours, and she did the Beyond Words Book Fest. And uh, it's great to have you on the show. It is so good to be here. And it's great to see you again, too. I, I, we had such a good, I swear, I, I told Tabitha, I was like, uh, next time, as soon as you start doing the planning for next year's, you got to let me know because I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I know it was such a great time. And I learned so much. I'm sure most people did. And it was so much fun interacting with other authors and other publishers, because we all sort of run in the same network and we are sort of few and far between. I feel like when we get into our own zone sort of, but to be in the same room with all those people was such a great experience. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it was such uh such great energy. And I use this when I, I use that word when, when I was filming like the promo for it, you know, cause she wanted us to do like little author, author intros so I sent mine in and that was a specific line that I used uh was talking about the energy because there was such good energy at the one that I was I I went to last year which was my first I guess it was the second one that she'd done uh and I knew right away I was like I this is something that I want to be a part of it's just such a great community yeah for sure so um we decided to hop on a podcast and connect this way. And so we haven't done any prep for this conversation. One of the things I love about podcasting is just having a real conversation and recording it and letting it organically unfold. So if that's all right with you, that's sort of how I roll. (laughs) That's perfect. I was a host of my own for about uh, a year or two uh, back when I was in the Air Force. It was a super fun thing to do. So I am very used to being long-winded and, and talking uh, <laughs> talking on the fly about all kinds of stuff. So that, that's my forte. <laughs> well, I, lo- I love it. And, you know, it's interesting because you do have this uh, very rich background in uh, military service. And thank you for your service, by the way. Thanks for your and, support. And um, let's talk a little bit about that because you're a 14-year veteran of the United States Air Force. So 
How did that affect you in getting into writing? I'm wondering how those two pieces connected for you. <laughs> Most people do. Uh, it was the Air Force was such a great stepping stone for me, and it was such a wonderful opportunity. Both my parents were in, which is why uh, they basically convinced me to join as well. Um, so I was in college uh, when September 11th happened. Mm. And, you know, I was, it, the talk at the time was like, uh, they're going to reinstitute the draft. You know, I was, I was young. I was in my 20s. Um, so I was like, well, um, looks like there's only one thing for me to do. So, uh, you know, as soon as I, uh, as soon as I could, uh, once I finished up with college, uh, I actually enlisted in the air force and yeah, it turned out to be the, the best decision of my entire life, uh, by a very wide margin. And, um, writing was something that just sort of happened organically because, uh, during the majority of my Air Force career, I was under AFSOC, Air Force Special Operations Command. Mm. And the career field that I was in at the time was the most heavily deployed. And uh, I believe it was in the you know top 1% for uh, ops tempo, which meant like not only were we gone a long time, but we were also gone more frequently than anybody just about anybody in the entire Air Force. Uh, so on those deployments were when I found uh, writing. And okay. I, it's it's funny because I was talking to someone about this recently. I, I discovered the term. This is a real, like, uh, I don't know if it's a medical term, but it's a real term. It's profound boredom. And, <laughs> you know, it's like our levels of boredom are, are normally right around here. Um, and they they'll dip occasionally, you know, just enough for us to be like, all right, let me throw on some Netflix or something. But uh, profound boredom is, is what I experienced on deployments um, when we weren't out doing an operation. Uh, and it was that which sparked me to be like, um, I need to do something I need to create. And that was when when I was on my very first uh, deployment, I, I started writing what now, what later became my first book, Gift of the Shaper. Mm. I haven't heard of profound boredom. I think that's, um, I, I don't know if I could manage that level of boredom. You're right. Like <laughs> normally you're just like, uh, you know, Netflix, how can I stay busy? Well, I'll go to Starbucks. I'll get out in the car or whatever. But um, to be able to have those moments where creativity can surface because I think that for some people who just continually remain busy all the time creativity stays at bay mm. because we don't give ourselves the time and the space to feel boredom at all much less profound boredom right so once you started writing I don't know what was it like for you did you just say like you know what, I'm gonna just start writing and just <laughs> see what happens or are we like I'm gonna write a really great book out of my <laughs> profound boredom <laughs> it was exactly item a uh and <laughs> I I think at that point uh bef sometime before then uh my dad had given me Stephen King's on writing and uh, in it, he says, just write. Uh, mm -hmm. And I took that literally 
Uh, and I, I, I did exactly that. I had no idea where I was going with my story. I had no idea that I was even, that I even had a story, excuse me, but I started a chapter at a time and I was like, and literally, I think the first decision that I had to make was, uh, okay, my main character has to have a job. What sort of job is he going to have? Should he be a farmer or, you know, a blacksmith? And blacksmith, actually, I mean, that was the crux of my story. I mean, I everything centered around this kid being a blacksmith. So it could have been a wildly different story if I was writing about a fantasy farmer. Uh, <laughs> uh, fortunately, it, it sort of it sort of took root, and I was reading the great Robert Jordan's uh, Wheel of Time series, The Eye of the World. Uh, at the time so I, I drew I actually drew pretty heavily from that and I've I've heard people compare me to Robert Jordan which is a massive compliment mm. um, because he is one of my literary heroes as well as being one of my military heroes as well uh, Robert Jordan actually also served and uh, was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam so wow. uh, you know again signing up when his country needed him and uh you know, went on to have this fantastic career in writing. Um, so yeah, he, Robert Jordan is like someone that I roadmap my, my own life after. So That's yeah. <laughs> wow. So as you were writing and you know, you're, you're deployed obviously. So you're around other military and were you sharing any of the stuff you were writing or was this something you were just <laughs> doing on your own and stuffing it back in your backpack? I mean, <laughs> I so it's funny I wrote the entirety of book one on my iPad uh which seems like a totally insane thing to do and it pretty much was you have a keypad <laughs> yeah the the little touch screen okay. on my iPad I was using to crank out 125,000 words uh but it was super useful because like when you go on an airplane you know usually you have to wait for them to say like okay we've reached our cruising altitude you can take your laptops out um uh, they don't do that for an iPad. You can just like, as soon as you get in your seat, you can start typing. Uh, but I had mostly kept it to myself uh, until I think it was like, I was like six or 10 chapters in maybe. And I had a pen pal of mine that we'd been friends since we were like 14. Uh, and I knew she had done some editing work and I had sent her the, a few chapters and I will never forget her response because it was what made me finish the book. Mm -hmm. uh, she, she came back and said, listen, I know that we're friends, but if I'm taking off that hat for a second, this is legitimately great. She used the word great, which like mm -hmm. that's, you know, yeah. that kind of, uh, that gave me goosebumps. And, you know, she was like, she was like, if I was a literary agent, I would, I would eat this up were her exact words. And I'll never forget this, you know, like uh, eight years later. Um, and that was profound. Uh, it was, it was one of the moments that like, you know, again, I think my life sort of took uh, a, a real change in, in direction uh, because of the response that I got from her. So mm. uh, she was the first person that I ever shared it with and certainly the most impactful. Wow. Wow. You know, it is interesting too, as, as a creative, 
the people that you allow in on that early journey, I think of it like a seed, right? If you've got a seed that's sprouting and it's very, you know, fragile and has only a few leaves, you got to take great care. You know, you can't put it in the middle mm. of a, a pathway and people could trample it down. Even if it has the potential to become a great tree, there's that, that potential in the beginning is so fragile. And the fact that she was so encouraging and saw the talent that you had is such a blessing because had you showed it to someone else who said, dude, this is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and it's only someone's opinion. Right. And I think that's the interesting thing too, is being wise with who you ask opinions from. She obviously is an editor and she had some opinions that were informed versus sending it to your, you know, your old buddy, you know, back from school who doesn't, <laughs> hasn't read a book since third grade. You yeah. Know? So, it was uh, phenomenal because she would give me feedback and she would, you know, I mean, it was, it was the, probably the most detailed feedback short of my editors of the actual book that I'd ever gotten. Cause mm -hmm. she would come back and say, wow, you know, this, you know, this sentence is beautifully crafted or this uh, idea here is so, you know, reflective of your overall theme on this and that. There were some times when I was like, yes, I absolutely did that on purpose. But, you know, there were others where it was like, wow, this is this is really this is meaningful feedback. Um, and it was uh, it provided me with that, you know, that that idea that I was doing something right. And then my writing was actually good. So, yes, you're 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 exactly correct. Giving it to someone who knows what they're doing uh, and who has an informed opinion about it. Uh, it was extremely valuable for me. Mm. Well, thank God for her mm -hmm. and big shout out because you didn't, she maybe didn't know at the time that she was creating a great author in the making. I Just dedicated the book to her actually. So yeah, she's oh, in the wow. thank yous. She's, wow, she's in the acknowledgements. Nicole Holmes is her name. And Nicole, and yes, thank it, you, it, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. It would not have happened without her. Wow. I love that. So you know, you're here, you are writing on your iPad, which mm. I think is hilarious. So it was actually <laughs> like you were typing on the screen. You didn't even have like a detachable keypad. It was ridiculous. I was typing. I mean, I brought, I, I did, I did a, uh, um, uh, an, a news, uh, a news thing in, in DC two years ago, I think. And I brought, I had the actual iPad. I mean, this thing was, you know, it's war torn. It's, it's, it's seen some things. Right. And I brought mm. it out and they're like, they were like, is that the iPad? I was like, yeah, you know, it's got fingerprints all over it. I mean, this thing is beat up. Wow. So yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. And I've since switched to using a laptop like a sane person. So <laughs> well, like you well, you made you made the the statement where there's a will, there's a way. All the more true, I would say. So from the initial, you know, idea and your first decision for your main character to actually getting a manuscript done. How long did that take you? I want to say somewhere in the neighborhood of two years, possibly longer, because I've looked back at my notes and again, in, you know, in my iPhone and my, uh, you know, just Apple notes uh, and it conveniently it dates it. Uh, and I think some of the earliest stuff I had was from like 2014 or something like that. And 
uh, I ended up talking to my publisher in 2016. So from conception to manuscript was just a little over two years. Okay. Wow. Well, that's some good, that's some good info there because I think that there's, um, a lot of work and a lot of editing and a lot of time that can pass when from idea to finished book, you know, it's not necessarily an overnight process. And did you find (laughs) that even in part of the writing that maybe sometimes you got stuck or your character went to a place you didn't really want him to go and you had to revise it, those kinds of things. Absolutely. So I'm a discovery writer, uh, which you know, means it's like laying the tracks while the train is running. Uh, mm-hmm. It is both thrilling and dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and there were so many times when I would, you know, I'd come to a crossroads. Number one, it, it's, it's, I do say it's thrilling because there were times when I made a decision that surprised even myself for I think the better of the story. And there were a lot of times when that happened, when I came up to this this crossroad and I look and I see another route that I didn't think was possible and I take that route. Mm. Um, so that uh, has ended up, you know, uh, being really fun for me because I don't know where the story is going a lot of the times. Mm. Um, but at the same time, there was so much of that going back and, you know, retrofitting stuff and, you know, changing things after the fact, like, oh, well, now I have to change this fact to make this thing true. But, uh, you know, we as writers, we're, we're just professional liars. So, uh, you know, that's one of the that's one of the strengths that we have is uh, that's our whole craft. <laughs> I've never heard it that we're a professional liars. It's so funny. <laughs> I think well, I, I work mo- made that up. I'm not sure. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, it's funny because most of the authors that we publish are nonfiction. So I'm hoping they're not liars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, you can embellish a little, but definitely stick with the truth and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope. But, you know, that's the fun thing about, about creativity and, and fictional writing is that you do get to create these characters and the worlds they're in and the decisions they make and the routes they take. And I find it so um, incredibly inspiring. I've never actually written a fiction book. And I just think that the idea of it seems very overwhelming because nonfiction is pretty straightforward. You know who your reader is. You kind of know what's their problem. What solution are you offering? Maybe adding in some of your experience, some tips, that kind of thing. Um, where fiction, like you said, it's like this adventure where you're on a fast moving train and you're not sure where you're going. You don't know where your character is going. And just to probably enjoy the process of, of finding that out. Um, and I know I've heard there, you're calling a discovery writer, which I haven't heard that term either, but I know there are some fiction, uh, authors who kind of map things out in advance and maybe they, they bullet point where, where it's going. Would that be that's just a different way to go about it. Mm-hmm. Different way to skin the cat, so to say. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've also heard um, uh, gardener versus uh, carpenter, I want to say. Like, uh, I think George R.R. R. Martin uh, is a, I believe he's a discovery writer. I could be wrong, but he says he's more of a gardener and he'll he'll tend, tend to the tree that's blooming, um, you know, and, and cut clippings off. 
Whereas someone like Brandon Sanderson will lay out the blueprint for the entire house before he builds it. And then uh, he has exactly what he's looking for and then he builds it. So, uh, mm. you know, Brandon Sanderson, who is, uh, I'm convinced not from this planet because of the, of his, uh, I mean, the man is just so prodigious and it's, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't know how he has the time to write as much as he does and as well as he does too. You know, it's not like he's, uh, you know, uh, Henry Ford just cranking out an assembly line of cars. He's, he's, uh, you know, Ford, but he's also Rolls Royce where he's putting these beautiful, you know, uh, extravagant uh, pieces together. And it's just like, uh, He's in a he's in a different league than most of us mortals. <laughs> well, you know what I think is so so fun about writing is that it there isn't it's not a black and white process. It's like who you are, your experiences you have, the creativity you have. It's sort of like even playing a sport. You know, Michael Jordan was a genius at the craft of basketball, mm. but there are lots of other players. There's lots of other people on the team. There's lots of other. Uh, you know, you don't have to be an NBA star who can dunk from the free throw line. You can be a pickup player at your local park and rec and still have fun, you know? So yeah. I think that part of writing um, is just enjoying the process of it. You know, it should feel like an adventure, I think, from start to finish. And even though maybe at times it's frustrating, did you find any at any point in time during that first book that you were like, I'm just done with this? Like, this is too much, too hard. Or, hmm. or did you just feel like as it was going, you were more motivated? I think there were definitely, you know, it was a long process. It was a very long process. Um, but I largely used it as an escape. You know, it's no coincidence that I got some of my best writing and most of my writing done on deployments. Um, you know, it was a way for me, obviously fantasy fiction is about the furthest thing from military as, as it gets. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, it was, it was very much an escape. Um, and I think for that reason, I, I tended to stick with it. It was almost like it was a catharsis for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I definitely, uh, I don't remember feeling a lot of frustration, I do remember there were times when I was like, where, where is this going? What, you know, what am I working towards? I have to have some sort of an end goal in sight for these characters to, to grow and to learn and to, you know, to have a conflict. So there was a lot of, um, you know, starting and stopping, like maybe, you know, uh, I think I actually went back and switched the central conflict, like maybe once or twice mm. while I was writing the book, you know, talk about like, uh, you know, laying the track as the train is running. It was absolutely that. And I was like, you know, I think I can go back and make this a little more intriguing. Um, so I definitely did that. But uh, by and large, I would say like um, it was very much, it was always in the back of my mind. I was always thinking about my fantasy world and, how to develop these characters and how to develop the plot. So uh, yeah, I think it was something that I always just kind of trudged forth and, and did. So you said you read Stephen King's book on writing, which is an excellent book. Were there any other books that you read about the actual craft of writing or did you just sort of 
have at it with your iPad. I did. I very much did. And it was really funny because a lot of people, you know, when, so after I, I wrote the book, I had pretty much been keeping it a secret. You know, uh, I was really sort of scared of failure. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I didn't tell a lot of people, you know, it was like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm, you know, thinking about writing a book. Everyone thinks about writing a book, but, uh, you know, I, so I didn't want to be just another one of those people. Um, and you know, I, when I posted it on, I think I made the announcement on Facebook. It was like, Hey, I wrote a novel, 120,000 words. Everyone was like, you're a writer. Where did this come from? And it really was pretty much out of the blue. The only writing experience that I had was, you know, I, I took, uh, an English course in college. And I kept a live journal, you know, like in my late teens. And uh, besides that, uh, I didn't ever do any writing. I didn't participate in writers groups or anything like that. Um, But I was a voracious reader. I always had my nose in a book. And for me, one of the reasons that I chose to write fantasy was because I grew up reading fantasy and I knew what right looked like and i knew how to craft sentences well because of my just depth of experience reading these books for my entire life basically mm. uh you know my my mom I, I remember uh would read the magician's nephew by c.s lewis that's the first one i remember but uh you know from the lion the witch in the wardrobe series uh, I remember her reading that that to us when we were kids. So fantasy has been in my blood, you know, since I was since I was young, and uh, you know, so I I really I just I took Stephen King's advice and I just right out the gate I just I just wrote because that's what I knew. I love it. I love it. You know, <laughs> it it is interesting that you say that. I'm not surprised that you say that but that we write from what we know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, for me, you know, I read ever since I was a kid, I was reading self-help books. I don't know why I thought it's such a big problem at age 16. (laughs) (laughs) I remember though, begging my mom to let me get the cassette tape, the psychology of winning by Dennis Waitley from the mall, the little motivational store, the mall, when I was like, you know, 15 or 16, (laughs) I can only imagine like my 16 year olds begging me for Dennis Waitley. I'd be like, hell yeah. And what else, what else do you want in the store? You know, (laughs) she's like, I don't know, maybe, you know? And um, so I've always kind of done that. And then that's where I've written from, because that's kind of what I know. So, you know, I think that part of the point of what we like to share on this podcast is that you don't have to be something that you're not, you don't have to create something that you're not interested in. You, you stem from what, you know, what your experience is in the time you have. And there's no comparison between, you know, well, I'll never be a Stephen King or I'll never be a CS Lewis or, or Dennis Waitley. It's like what your voice is and the story that you brought to the table is something that only you could have done. And I think that's, what's amazing. So once you said you, you know, you did this two-year process to get your manuscript done and then you were like, now what? So did you look for a literary agent? Did you start shopping publishers? What was the publishing process like for you? It was, uh, 
very involved and I was doing it on my own because I didn't know anybody who had who had published a book except for my dad who writes business books, which was severely unhelpful to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was like, I, he was like, I don't know what to tell you. I, uh, you know, so he, he was no help. Sorry, dad, if you're listening. Sorry, dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, uh, scoured the internet for, you know, I, one of the articles that I wrote, uh, after I'd published my book was, so you wrote a novel now, what? because I Googled that literal phrase. So you wrote a novel, now what? And you know there weren't a lot of results, but uh, I did a lot of digging and I had a lot of time on my hands because I was deployed. Again, uh, you know, c- doing most of the heavy lifting while I'm, while I'm overseas was, was a theme in my literary career, it still is. Uh, and I, uh, I picked up the writer's market, you know, I think it was like writer's market 2017. And uh, I combed through it for, you know, anyone who was, you know, uh, had f- the word fantasy in their title. I think I even stretched a couple times and just did like fiction or whatever. Um, so I, I queried for a few months uh, until I heard back from a friend of mine who knew someone at Indigo River who eventually became my publisher. Uh, and they said, you know, hey, I can put you in touch with this person who put me in touch with, uh, excuse me, one of the managing partners at the time, Dan Vega. And, uh, you know, came across his desk. He was like, Dave, I love this. Uh, let's talk. And I was like, I'd love to, but I am in West Africa right now. It would be very difficult for me to, uh, to meet in person with you. So we actually did a Skype call, you know, I'm out there in civilian clothes. Uh, you know, I, I think I had a beard at the time. Uh, I can't remember, but you know, I got on a Skype call with him and he was like, what are you doing out there? I was like, can't tell you, sorry. (laughs) But, uh, the process, I think, I want to say it took something like six months, um, from, beginning of query to uh, actually getting in touch with an eventual publisher. So, um, but it was, it was a lot of work and a lot of rejection. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, I would say. So Indigo River was at the Beyond Words Book Fest as well, which Mm -hmm. is exciting. And so (laughs) the fact that, you know, and some of my authors were at that event too. So it's a really nice collaborative event where there's multiple publishers and all different kinds of authors there too. So um, once you got in touch with him and you had the six month process, was it six months of onboarding? And then after they onboarded you, then how long was it until you got the book out? I remember I signed the uh, agreement December of 2016 because that same week I also signed my divorce papers. So it was actually a great week for me. I was, I was quite happy. Uh, my ex-wife, not so much, but uh, I was having a great week. So December, 2016, I, I signed the agreement and February of 2018, uh, Gift of the Shaper was launched. Wow. So it was, I was actually their first fantasy book. Uh, they'd done some fiction before, But I was their first fantasy, uh, which I take as a very big point of pride. Uh, Mm. I was really, really proud of that. Um, 
there were definitely some growing pains because of it. And, you know, three, uh, five years later now, gosh, oh, seven years later. Wow, I'm getting old. Uh, seven years later, they have, uh, you know, they have a partnership with Simon & Schuster and like they are growing and I'm really proud of where they are as opposed to where we were when I, you know, was starting out as their first fantasy title. But, um, oh my gosh, it was, it was a whole it was a whole thing, but uh, they did a really fantastic job of of helping me out and giving me creative control, which was super important to me. I love that. And you know what? That is important for anyone who's listening, who's seeking a publisher or, you know, doesn't quite know. There are things that you give up um, with certain types of publishing. There are things that you retain with certain types of publishing. So it's always good to know, like, read your contract, know exactly <laughs> what you're expected to do what the, the cost is, if any, um, what they're going to allow you to have a yes or a no over. Um, I know there are some horror stories of publishing companies who will just design your cover and not give you a say in it, which I think is horrible because if you spent so much time writing your book, you should have a say on what the design <laughs> looks like. <laughs> so, um, so that's amazing. Congratulations on that. And you have multiple books now in that series. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious how it's going for you now wearing the marketing hat of an author, because for me, that's a totally other hat to wear. And it's something that most authors, you know, are, are not familiar with. And it's also mm -hmm. that learning curve of how to find your readers and how to grow that base and, and whatnot. So what have you done to cultivate your reader base? Yeah. I mean, it's really funny. I, I remember my dad telling me after I had written the book, he was like, uh, all right, now for the hard part. I was like, what are you talking about? I wrote a book. That was very hard. And he was like, trust me. <laughs> You'll see what I mean. And it was incredibly difficult. It was it was a huge switch. But um, I was talking with uh, River, who is our author liaison at Indigo River. And I've known her now for a couple of years. She's wonderful and amazing. And she was telling me, she was like, you make it look so easy. And she, she was like, I, I point authors to you all the time because um, the stuff you do is very organic uh, when it comes to marketing. And I was like, thank you for saying that because that's very intentional. I, I, do, I love the stuff that I do and I want that to emanate from me. And uh, me being excited about my book is is just a legitimate thing. And I'm like, hey, guys, check this book out. It's really, it's good because I think it's good. You know, like as a fantasy reader, hell yeah, this is a good book. So, you know, uh, marketing for me has been, uh, on the one hand, it's very fun because I get to tell people about my books. But on the other hand, I hate talking about myself and like, um, I, I have always been the type who I want my writing to, to do the talking for me, but mm -hmm. unfortunately, like you can't, you know, the, the, the work, the way the world works is you have to tell people about stuff, uh, you know, in order for them to discover it. So, um, that's actually something that I've struggled with, uh, with making content and trying to, um, you know, instead of just like, hey, here's my story, check it out. Also, I wrote a book. Um, I have to sort of shift gears to 
I wrote a book. Here's why you should check it out. And, you know, um, social media is a double-edged sword. It's a wonderful tool, but it is also uh, draining, emotionally and mentally draining um, for me. You know, you mentioned that, uh, that reel that I, I put out this morning. I was working on it for hours yesterday yeah, and it was exhausting and I was so tired. I was like, oh, <laughs> why am I doing this? But then I see the end product and I was like, that's really good. I'm so glad I did this, you know? Yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen the reel, if you go to G DL Jennings, the Instagram account, and then you'll click the reels tab and you'll see, and he talks about leaving his book for the people that come and stay to get as a guest at his Airbnb. And he leaves a bottle of wine and he talks about, you know, it's just very cute how you narrate it, but you have the various scenes. It's almost like that's another creative outlet, right? Cause you have to learn how to like be a mini movie producer. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, I had lunch with my dad in, in Pittsburgh this morning, uh, or I guess, yeah, th this morning. And he was like, wow, this is so good. You know, what program did you use to do this? And I said, TikTok. Yeah. And he was like, what? Yeah. And it was, I mean, I'm literally just sitting here on my phone, dragging and dropping and cutting and splicing, you know, and uh, it was a surprisingly useful suite um, mm -hmm. that you could just do in this dumb little app for dancing, you know? <laughs> yeah. It is funny, right? Did you use what? Did, you use did I what? I, I was fooling around with TikTok recently and I wanted to get the captions where it follows, you know, like closed captions, except for it's the captions that sort of appear while you're talking. Mm. And it had me download a, a app that plugs in with it called CapCut. Have you used that? Mm. Uh-uh. You familiar. have to try it. So they have a lot of different features on there. And so you actually, it kind of opens up this cap cut. You do a lot of editing in there. And then when you're done, it re-imports it back into TikTok. And wow. um, it's like a little magical, whatever. So yeah, I have fun with playing with those tools, but you're right. It can be draining because you can end up wasting half a day trying to get a 60 second video to put together. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what is it, you know, for, for, from here now, you know, you've got two books out, right? And you've mm -hmm. got another one on the way, which yes. is going to be done when? Ah, uh, great question. Uh, officially 2024, um, but I don't know the date. released in 2024? Yes. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, super exciting. I just got the, uh, the final, you know, interior layout from the design team at Indigo River. Um, and I was talking, I had a call with River where we kind of, uh, basically she said, you know, the date, the deadline for Simon & Schuster's summer release is, you know, in a week or something like that. So she was like, summer's not looking good. Uh, it's probably going to be fall of 2024. I can say with near certainty, um, which is, you know, again, blessing and a curse because it sucks because my readers have to wait for book three to come out. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's great because we get all this lead up time. Uh, and I, I was like, let's not rush this. I want this to be uh, the best book launch that I've ever done. You know, this is, uh, this is the end of a trilogy. This finishes, this concludes my series. Uh, and I think I've told a pretty good story and I hope my readers will agree. Um, 
but I, I want this to, I want to be very deliberate about this. You know, this is going to be, this is going to be a good launch. We're going to take our time. And, uh, you know, I've got all this time between now and then to, uh, to tell more of the world about my books. So I love it. it. Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on today. You've got such an inspiring story. You know, if you only have an iPad, listen, you can't have an excuse for not writing your first novel. Now you've taken that excuse off the table. And, you know, we know the value of profound boredom. So if you're too busy, just get a little more bored. <laughs> it has and been if you a want genuine... boredom, and, just, and if you really want boredom, join the military where you can get that, right? It's exactly. A, it's, you, yeah, you can, it's definitely, it's not all boredom, but you will definitely I get will, those. I would say it's probably boredom. profound, extreme highs and lows, maybe. <sighs> It's a very manic uh, existence. Yeah, I would say. Well, I would, I would say you're just such a you're such a plus pleasure to have on the show, and your books are amazing. To find out more and to get your books, um, they can get them anywhere books are sold, or check out at dl-jennings.com, and that's going to be in the show notes. Is there anything further? How else can people connect with you, or what's the best way for them to? interact with you. Um, and I, I love, I love Instagram. Uh, I'm just dl.jennings on there. I got the little blue check mark. So easy to find, which is nice. Um, I'm on Facebook as well, DL Jennings. Um, and I love interacting with, uh, with my readers that gives me the greatest joy. And that is not an exaggeration. Uh, I even end my that reel that I put out this morning, I end it by saying one of my greatest joys is uh, when someone tells me they've enjoyed my book. And that is so true. It's funny because when I was, you know, when I was previewing the reel and making sure like it's good to go, I mentally was saying, yep, that's true. When that part came came by. So it was like everything in me it agrees with that. And that is a true statement. So uh, I love it when people enjoy what I've what I've written and uh, hearing from them is uh, is one of the greatest joys for sure. I love that. You know, I think most writers feel that, you know, it's not necessarily having New York Times bestseller status or selling millions of copies, although that's amazing. Yes. But it's having those one to one connections where yeah. somebody says, I enjoyed your book or this book got me into um, fantasy fiction (laughs) or this book rivals, you know, the likes of these very famous authors that uh, you are now on a pedestal with. So, you know, it's, it's really such a beautiful thing that we offer the world as authors that brings people together and to hear from those people that they're not the anonymous mass out there of people who read, but it's one person who says, dude, your book was awesome. You know, it was amazing. Right. (laughs) So reach out to your favorite authors, you know, your Mm -hmm. favorite authors that are on Instagram, send them a message, tell me you like their book and by goodness sakes, leave them an Amazon review. Oh, hundred (laughs) percent. Absolutely. Five star reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Only five stars. Um, But thank you so much. I so appreciate you. I encourage everyone to get his first two books. Be on on the lookout for book number three coming out in fall of 2024, the end of the trilogy. Days of the Dark. Days of the Dark. All right. And we've got Gift of the Shaper is book one. So if you're getting right on board, get get start with uh, book one, Gift of the Shaper. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you again for being part of the show today. And uh, we look forward to celebrating your success in 2024.
Thanks. Uh, you and I both. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Take care. All right. And that concludes today's episode of the I'm Booked podcast. Be sure to hop over to DL Jennings' website at dl-jennings.com where you can learn more about his High Glade series and connect with him, shop, get his work, and more at dl-jennings.com. And if you have ever thought about writing a book of your very own, we are here to help you from idea to published book. At o'learypublishing.com, you can hop on over to take our author adventure quiz and see if working with us to get your publishing dream into a reality is a gift you can give yourself this year. Have an amazing day and thank you for being part of the I'm Book Podcast.